Today's guest is one that I'm beyond excited about. It, it looks his background looks pretty awesome. What is the book that he wrote? What is that? He wrote a book, and the book is called. Let me pull it up in a second. It's called "The Baby Harvest: How Virtual Babies Become the Future of Terrorist Funding and Criminal Laundering." And basically, from what it looks like, again, I haven't read the book, but I'm looking at the blurb. It's a how-to guide for criminals. It's written to kind of show the weaknesses in the identity system for governments and law and law enforcement. And basically, it's a way to kind of show that there's like gaps in the system related to the creation of documents in the first place and, and that kind of thing. And so, so he's so he's a criminal. Like we have to assume this is kind of like when O.J. Simpson wrote a book and he was like, <laughs> I didn't kill anyone. But right. if, if I, I did had it, done this, yeah. this is how I would have done it. A step by step guide to what I did. I mean, I've I done. think so. Okay, so he's he's a criminal. I'm really into that. I love talking to a good criminal. I think you learn a lot from that. Do you know any murderers, Kevin? Like, do you know anyone that like became a murderer that murdered someone? No, I don't. I know somebody who was wanted once who had the same name as an actual guy. He got pulled over and put in a holding cell for a few hours while they yelled at him. And he's like, it's not me. It's the guy's got the same name as me, but it's not me. It was like a case mistake in identity. But that That's was a it. Good one. Yeah, um, he was pretty. He, it's a fun story. He's fun to tell. Talk, talk about it at bars. I like that. I feel like that's a good story. Anyway, should we get into today's show? Yeah, I think it's about time. Hello, and welcome to that tech pod where we discuss all things the discovery, cybersecurity, data privacy, and tech innovations. I'm Laura Milstein, and I am really excited for today's episode. And I'm Kevin Umbert, and I am as well. And each week, we're talking to heavy hitters in the industry to help us keep up the excitement and to allow you to hear if we were valid in our excitement or if we shouldn't have been as excited. So at the end, please let us know. But until then, Kevin, who are we talking to today? Today, we are talking to Chris Rock. Chris Rock is a cyber mercenary who has worked in the Middle East, US, and Asia for the last 30 years, working for both government and private organizations. He is the Chief Information Security Officer and co-founder of Seamonster. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me all. For everybody that's listening right now, they can't see, but your background is incredible. It, it literally looks like Chris is currently maybe being blown up. Like he's maybe part of this vehicle that's being blown up. I can't really tell if the ad here is like a forest fire that he's creating or... or no, it looks like he's walking like, away from the... He's like dropped the match and the thing up behind him is blown up. He's like in like usual suspects when you like the okay. match drops on the ship as the guy's walking away. All right. Well, you did it in a powerful <laughs> way. I kind of was thinking of, you know, like Smokey the Bear comes out and is like, what? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Either way, for those listening, Chris's background is is great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was a good way to start the show. You want me to tell yeah. you what the background is? I was hoping. I was like, why are uh, you not telling us? Are, are yeah, we, sorry. Just, yes. Sorry. I, I, I didn't want to steal your thunder, but I did a Deal DEF CON it. talk last year. For those who don't know, DEF CON, largest uh, hacking conference in the world. I did a talk last year on how you can circumvent IEDs. So what you're seeing there is a remote control car being blown up and filmed with a camera. Damn, that's real. Okay. Well, it looks really intense for everyone that can't see it. It's a great intense photo. And remember, don't smoke and drive. <laughs> that's what that's what it made me think of. I don't know. Anyway, Chris, so before you came on, Kevin and I were talking 
to uh, about your book, which is pretty exciting. And I have this theory now that you've definitely killed someone and that you do illegal things. So I just want to start this episode before we get too into cyber and all the things, Chris, and just ask straightforward, direct question. Have you committed any crime at all? And if so, what is the craziest one? And if not, why not? And when will you be doing it? So the answer is, the first answer is yes. As a hacker who's been doing this stuff since 13 years of age, it's common that the people in our industry do both black hat and white hat stuff. You know, you'll get a lot of people on, on your show that say they don't do that. Most of that is just bullshit, you know, because it's bad for their career. But yeah, we do both. So I've done everything and anything, anything you can imagine. I've planted evidence on phones, computers. I've, you know, tracked people around the world. I've moved money between bank accounts. I've robbed banks, done, done everything. So in terms of crazy, it's all crazy, but it's a lot of fun. You know, when people say, like, keep your friends close, your enemies closer, I feel like right now it's just like, Chris is your friend, Chris is your friend, Chris is your friend, but Chris could be your enemy at any point. Don't mess with Chris. It's funny you mentioned that. I I was actually asked to do a TED Talk in New York, I think that's three years ago now, and the people at TED asked me, you know, you, you say you've done this and you've done that, but can you actually show us something? you know, pretty cool. So I hacked into everyone at TED and actually showed them their whole lives, you know, emails, credit ratings, the whole work. They, they weren't a big fan of that, so they actually kicked me off TED for doing that. But it just That's shows you, you take a ride with a scorpion, you're going to get bitten. So uh, they asked me to show them something. <laughs> I showed them something. So uh, they weren't a big fan of that though. I love the honesty here. Like, yeah, no, I do illegal things. Um, I'm going to plant that on you and you did it it's done i love that i really respect that so thank you this is the best way to start today's episode is just full-on criminal activity but aside from the criminal activity and and maybe this is a combo of it what do you do what is what is your life who are you chris where where do you live what's this accent like tell us everything about you i don't think we read enough on your bio to 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 really get the full effect Yeah, so I've essentially got, I'll go through the history, but I've essentially got three lives. I'm a hacker, I'm a security researcher, and I'm a founder of a company that does security monitoring. So I do all three. So my day would be a mixture of all of those three things. But look, Australian accent, you picked it well. I'm currently in Australia, but I frequently are in the US. I'm probably in the US for six to nine months a year, based in uh, Texas. And we just come back and forth. I've got family at home. So you put the hands up, you're a Texian, eh? I'm in Texas right now. What part of Texas do you come to? Dallas. I'm in Dallas, Texas right now. Where are you? you? We could have done this in person. Are you serious? I'm currently in Melbourne, but just North Dallas. It's close to down under here, but not the same. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? 15,000 kilometers away? Yeah, it's very close. Yeah, so look, I've been in security my whole life. I told you at the start, you know, I've been hacking since I was 13. So I was banking sector for 10 years doing IT at that stage. It was IT back then and then moved into security and ran a hacking company for 10 years and then moved into what we call SEAM, um, Security Information Event Management. So yeah, I, I run a SEAM business as uh, one of my jobs. And so how did you decide to start the company and to move into the sort of legitimate world as opposed to staying in the hacker world? So I've always walked both both sides of the fence. A good question too. So I'll always do both. So for me, I saw when I was in a defensive position at banks, I saw pen testers come in and I used to change the banners on all the ports. So if we were running 
you know, the ports on 443 or, you know, other type of SQL ports. I changed them to the high range ports, like 50,000, and changed the banners so that what that means, if they ran a scan against those ports, all their automated tools would fail and then they had to go back to manual pen testing. So when I saw these big four, like KPMG and EY and all that stuff, essentially people had two years in experience come in. It saw how shit the industry was. I thought, you know what, there's a, there's actually a position for red team type, type pen testing. So I set up a pen testing business. That's to answer your question. Now, being in that pen testing business, I worked all around the world, Middle East, US, Asia, Oz. So that's where I got good exposure for, for what, what's happening in the world. I then had customers who wanted we were hacking into their their systems and they say, look, we didn't even know you're in there. Like you guys produced a report like four weeks later. We had no, you didn't trip anything. And then they said, is there any product that would detect you know, activities like you did? And I said, yeah, yeah, there's heaps. There's you know, EDRs and XDRs and seams and all that sort of stuff. And they said, look, we looked at seams and look, they're really expensive, like Splunk, you know, top of the range for enterprise Splunk, million dollar price tag. So we said, look, if you're interested, we can actually build you an open source seam so you can actually detect when we're in there. So we set... Uh, we're not we're not developers by by trade, but we actually built them an open source theme based on Elk at the time, Elasticsearch Cabana, and and they loved the clients loved it. And we released it for free, and that was Seam Monster version one. Since then, we've had so much traction in the Seam space. We actually work full time now, Seam vendors. So we we provide an alternative to uh, Splunk and Alien Vault and all of those sort of products out there. So that's what I consider. I, I was always on that white path, but black would you know white's boring. Black is is fun. So I'd always do both. So what exactly then is a cyber mercenary? What do you like? What do you consider the definition of that? Yes, I'm, I'm a keyboard for hire. So I'll get asked by a government, say in Middle East, say you know we expect we we think this subsidiary of the government is doing X Y Z. Can you find out what's going on for it? So it was essentially over there. It's no holes barred. So you can essentially do whatever you want, hack into their personal life, banking, whatever, and then report to you know the powers of be. This is what's going on. Uh, keyboard for hire is the best way of describing. Would you say there's a specific area that's harder to hack into, or is it really, in your opinion, more based on the system? When I ask that, I mean, you mentioned that you've, you know, you're in Melbourne, you've been in Asia, you've been in Europe, all these other places in the US. Is there any location that you have been like, for whatever reason, the security in Texas is just top of the line or whatever? Or is it never really dependent on that area? And again, more around the devices and the the people that are implementing whatever it is that they're implementing the yeah, short answer it's all shit so you pretty much you can go anywhere around the world and you know as long as you've got access to the internet you can do whatever you like so uh, there's, there's you know 100 ways to skin a cat so it doesn't really matter if you're in israel or you're in us or australia or uk or india or pakistan it's all shit it's just a level of shit uh, obviously it's easier okay. in, in third so, world countries so go with the level of shit out of every country that you are aware of if you had to pick one country as this is the country that I would say is the best when it comes to cybersecurity. Again, it could be the best of the worst, but which would you say is the best country at it? No, I wouldn't even none. They're all ranked shitly. You so... have no you have to. This is the game. Oh, no, Don't okay. ruin the game. Uh, you have to pick look, one. I, look, I couldn't even I, look if I said, you know, Israel because of the heightened sense of security, or I said Antarctica because of the lack of access, or North Korea because of lack lack of internet. I, I as soon as I say that. That, that statement, I counter my own statement in my own head saying, well, that's a load of shit because I can get in that way. So I will mm-hmm. say Israel for the sake of an argument, but straight away I've just got, you know. That's just, what I was going to say. So that's yeah. why I was curious if you said something different. Okay. What area do you think has no security and is just like, it's just laughable easy to break into anything in that area? Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, that area there, 
a second Middle East and Africa. Interesting. So with that being your answer, a lot of tech companies now outsource people in this exact countries that you just named. Does that mean it's less secure because you're thinking about who's coming in or does it not really have an impact because what they're actually working on, even though they're in a different country, is still going through like an AWS somewhere else or something like that? It's a great question. And to answer your question, is it makes it worse. So as soon as you outsource any component to, you know, I'll say second, third world country, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yes, for the company, for the shareholders, you're doing a great service. But I can tell you now that, and if you think of, you think of a cloud provider like AWS or, or a company like Accenture, they'll always outsource that updating of firmware or updating of a Kubernetes cluster to essentially those countries I just mentioned. And all of a sudden, they're easy to get access to by the hacking in or paying off to then get access to that. You know, you're, you're essentially at the back of the infrastructure where you can then control the front being US companies, Australian companies, Israeli companies. So it's a huge disservice going that way. It's great for hackers, put it that way. You have done some some interesting talks. One of your talks was about how to overthrow the government. One of your talks is about falsifying documents where you go to Australia and you can basically like file for a driver's license and you find that you're dead. Can you talk about some of those topics and, and, and a little bit more about information about that? Yeah, definitely. So my first talk at DEF CON, DEF CON 23, it was how to kill somebody or how to burst somebody. It was called I Will Kill You. And it's essentially, and it's not really falsifying documents. Historically, you know, Kevin Mitnick, you know, the world's number one hacker previously, now, now deceased, but he would modify documents or assume identities of, of people in the US who are sister states, as someone who died in, born in one state and died in another state. What I was doing was essentially preying on the system of the birth, death, and marriage in all countries. It's all the same, where they were moving from a paper-based system to an electronic system. So when you die, uh, Kevin, so when you die, for example, you'll there will be two parts to declare you dead, and that'll be the doctor saying, Kevin, you're dead. And then there'll be a funeral director who fills out a second part of that form saying where you're buried. And then that gets filed with the government. And now that's moved electronically now. So the doctor would fill out their part, funeral director would fill out their part, and you're dead. That was a moved online. And because it was new to the world moving the system online, they didn't really care about authentication. So a doctor could be all you had to do to register yourself. Oh, doctors are registered, of course, and you can check their registration number. But what you could do is then you could, those details are online. So you could just get the registration of the doctor, the address where they're at, and then you could actually fill out that first part of the form by using any doctors. You don't, there's no user password. You essentially put your creds in and you would kill you. Same with the funeral director component as well. You can register yourself as a funeral director. I did that live where you could become a funeral director, fill out that second part, and then you were then killed off. So you could essentially do mass killings of anyone around the world and then take their assets. That's the whole idea. I mean, you, we talk about SIM swapping. You could actually kill somebody off and then and then you know, take their SIM, their phone number, their bank accounts, 401k, superannuation, that sort of stuff. The same thing happens with birth. Obviously, there's not a doctor and a funeral director. There's just a doctor slash midwife. So birthing someone was exactly the same. You, the, the doctor, midwife would fill out the first part of the form. Parents would fill out the second. That would then go to the government as a registered child. So doing, moving that online, you can get those details online. Just to, like I said, your doctor or midwife has to be registered. You have that registration number and their address. That was the ID that you need. And then you just declare that person alive. So you could create fake babies and then kill those babies off and get things like life insurance, buy weapons, buy you know, whatever you need within the assumed identity. It's a real, real identity. It's not fake. Was that something only for a window of time, though, while things were That's, switching from, or is that still the case today? Still open. 
still wow. open all around the world. So <laughs> I did that talk in 2015. Nothing happened. So that's our industry. It's just, uh, it's go back to uh, what Laura said before. It's just shit. It's nothing's changed. Well, before gay marriage was legal, I signed up to be a, a minister online and I was able to then marry two of my friends. This feels like that one more level of extreme. When you uh, exactly. said that, I was hearing that you personally married two of your friends and i was just like slightly, slightly different i was like i don't think gay marriage is the same as multiple people <laughs> yeah a li little bit different yeah what do you think in terms of the primary security issues and, and cyber threats that people face today so what's the major one that people really need to be worried about is it just open think, access yeah i think open access and it's more of the whole the scammers are, are really preying on on you know the consumers and it's one of those things is you know, you'll you get hit with 100, you know, scam emails every day. You only need one to fall for it. And then I think that's the biggest one. And, and in a business sense, I see a lot of people, you know, they will compromise somebody's email account with a shit password or password they've used all over the place. And then they will look at the flow of communication between people. Now they say, you, you're putting in a new kitchen in your house and, you know, you pick the kitchen you want and you're just about to make a deposit on that kitchen. The vendor, the hacker in this case, will say, hey, look, we've just changed our bank account details. Put it in here and not there. And you're, you, because you're, they're part of the conversation flow. It's a real email address. It's not spoofed. You'll just pay somewhere else. We see that with things like property settlement, businesses paying, you know, hundred thousand plus dollar invoices and stuff like that. That's the most common thing we see is consumers paying not where they're supposed to. And, and to counter that, obviously, if you get an email that with some, as soon as you see a change of bank account, you need to speak to that person first, not with any of the contact details on the email trail, but you need to ring an out of bounds method and say, Hey, did you just send me this? This is unusual. You know, Chris Rock just told me it's the most common method. Did you do it? Yes, no. And it's even it's a phone call, even if it's a little bit of embarrassed, you know, to check. I mean, who gives a shit? You better than lo losing all that money. Yeah, we did a pod about the Bangladeshi central bank heist, and I was amazed at how much the information was just kind of passed around and, and all. And basically, you know, they got in through somebody sending an email with malicious code and, and their resume, basically, and all that. And then they were just able to kind of navigate the network and get to the SWIFT terminal and, and then wire money back and forth. And I was just amazed at how like simple the whole the whole hack was. I was like, it just is it really that simple? <laughs> it is. It is. And I'll tell you what we've seen. We've hacked into banks before, and where it has the and if you've been in AD, for those people who are in AD, you'll see like username, first name, last name, middle name, description, and then uh, do you want to reset the password? In the description field, we would actually see the passwords written in the description field. So the, the user's passwords were clear for anyone who had LDAP access. So I mean, you see password one, you see that, and it's like, why would you put passwords in the description field for everyone to see? It's so, so a user forgot their password. The help desk didn't have to do a reset password. They could just read it out to them, copy and paste. So that's the sort of shit you would see. And we've seen banks where you could actually replicate. We, we, we'd compromise a, a web server that does banking where you put your username and password and your two-factor. And we could actually replicate that page. So we could actually, the user would put their username and password. We'd capture those details, forward it to the real banking site, and there were none for Wiser without that 2FA access. So we would then get people's access to their bank accounts just by slipping in a page into the front. So it looked real. It was real. Uh, th that's how crap it is over there. I love this. I'm getting a lot of really good ideas. I'm feeling very creative on this. I I'd like to ask you a question that is completely not related. Do you read books? Are you a reader? So the answer is no, I don't. So I, I say that, and I, I don't want to sound like a dumbass, but what I'll do is I'll come up with a top. I'll come up with a topic in my head, like, um, for example, that birth, deaths, and marriages that exploit. I will my subconscious will take that information and go, oh shit, 
I didn't realize it was so easy to kill somebody. Like there'll be something in my head. I'll then research the shit out of it for four years and I'll read every book, interview doctors. I'll, re- I'll go through the whole social implications. I, I call this research, it. Chris. I wouldn't uh, yeah. call it reading. Like this isn't like, oh yeah, I, I read, you know, the, this great book and it was really a nice novel and I enjoyed it. Yours is straight up research. Just straight research, no, yeah. but I like to research. Okay. Yeah. So with that being said, I'm sure you didn't read Jada Pinkett Smith's book, but for those listening, mm-hmm. I don't recommend it. It's like the worst book ever. It's like a billion pages. It's just trash. Don't read it. If you're wondering, no, I didn't read it. But that's what the reviews say. That's what I hear. I hear it's terrible. Why is this related? It's not. However, obviously, your name is Chris Rock. Obviously, Chris Rock, Will Smith, Jada Pinkett, a lot of drama. So I think you should hack into the the other Chris Rock. I heard there was another one stuff because your name is Chris Rock. And so that brings me to the question, is it easier for you to pretend to be someone who already is your name? Another great question. So the answer is yes, and, and I say that stupidly. When someone hears my name is Chris Rock, all of a sudden they're relaxed. They think, ha, 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 the comedian. That that whole interaction, there's a joke coming from the receiver. There's that trust, that laughter, that first I, we call them we call them levels in our industry. So you've got you know level four is I only trust my intermediate family, and level two is I trust get an email coming from Kevin, my gym, my lawyer, my accountant. Level three, anonymous idiot down the street. So all of a sudden, I just I skip a level by having that the same name, Chris. Just even if it just relaxes, I call the target, but in this case, it's social interaction. So Definitely the answer is target. yes. Yeah. <laughs> And the answer is yes. I mean, sometimes I get Chris Rock's frequent uh, fly points. So the idiot agent will see Chris Rock, middle name Jay, Julius, I'm John, and then I'll get his frequent That's fly awesome. points. Yeah. So I should change uh, my uh, name. <laughs> I should definitely change my name to something uh, very similar. And I actually really? thought I'd been hacked. I, I thought I got hacked because I, I'm with American Airlines and I got an email from AA saying your flight's just about to head off. And I'm thinking, oh, for God's sake, someone's got into my account using my frequent flyers. But no, an agent had put his details on mine. But then um, you know where he's going. So if you want to stalk I, I, him, so easy. I could, I could cancel his flight, order him a halal meal. I could order him a wheelchair on arrival. I could sell that to buddy the media. It was freaking, you know, it was at all. And then I had his passport details because they put the passport passport details on everything. So, man, it it was chaos. Talk about getting creative. You're giving ideas to yourself. Why did you not Uh, do that? I mean, I don't condone that and you shouldn't, but like, why didn't you? Uh, who says I haven't done that? Like all of a sudden that idea popped in my head. Oh, well, that, that circumstance of life popped in my head. And all of a sudden, there's a DEFCON, you know, every year. So it's material mm. for future stuff. But obviously, I don't stop yeah. at one accident. I have to look at, you know, how did this happen? Was it a slip of the finger? You know, and I go through then other celebrities who I know fly with, you know, Delta or AA and then look for, you know, look for holes in that system. This is really interesting. I like this a lot. And most importantly, what we learned is you don't read, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, find, I find reading makes me more stupid. I, 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 I might be more, more. I might be more knowledgeable on something that something's read, but you're spiraling on the research. It's fair. my subconscious is smarter than a, a book. You know what I mean? Like my my the, my my inst- my my senses bring in so much information that I, I use that. You. I trust you. <laughs> I mean, it was the name. As soon as we saw the name, we were just like. <sighs> I mean, he was on Saturday Night Live. He's been in a lot of movies. Like, you know. (laughs) Are you saying you booked this podcast by accident? Did you usually get the other guy? Well, we saw your picture and we were like, yeah, that's him. That's him. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just like him. 
<laughs> I mean, I've I've got work because of that. I mean, I, I my, my 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 wife contacted a lawyer in the US who was having issues because hackers were taking down her website. She was doing a a case for oh, I can't remember. The, it was a pod. It was a really famous podcast where I think a, a Muslim guy got put in jail for twenty something years in in Baltimore. Oh yeah. Syria? Yeah, Syria. When you said really famous podcast, I was like, mm, we didn't cover that. So <laughs> it was a little confusing. But yeah, I yeah think the other really about, famous podcast. Yeah, I think you're talking about Serial. It's, yeah, it's, it's close to as famous as us, but yeah. yeah. And so my wife contacted them saying, look, my husband can you know help you out. His name is Chris Rock. Now that got an instant reaction of, whoa, we're getting helped by Chris Rock. That that initiated a phone call. And then we obviously provided services to protect the lawyer but you know you going back to your first question it was yeah it does help out for having the same name so if i was to change my name for you know to take advantage of the system like like you are who should i be i'm going to give you three names and i'd like you to tell me which one of those three would be the smartest decision for me we'll go with michelle obama we will go with ellen degeneres and then let's go with britney spears uh, two or three, I think, are gold. I would have put D Taylor Swift as well in there. I think oh, uh, you could pull that off. Shit. I mean, I am basically five feet, so we're really close in height. But yeah, damn, I can't sing. A lot of similarities. Yeah, well, that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, Brittany, you could pull off quite easily too. Yeah, I'll shave my head real quick. Yeah. <laughs> But look, it, it helps things. Things like customs, like having that same name, it just puts people at ease. Like I said, if you go through customs at any you know country around the world, they they look at you, laugh, ha ha ha, and then bang, you're in. So a Britney Spears, Taylor Swift, it can't hurt you. I should have used Taylor Swift. Yeah, mm. any teen, anyone with a teen, any virgins, they'll love me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what yep. What about Kevin? Who would you say Kevin should be? I'm gonna say Kevin Hart because you are getting to keep the Kevin part. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, yeah, and I was I thinking Kevin Hart work. and Chris Rock. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, kind of like that, that. Yeah, the, the the negative and the positive. I get, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. go with it. You look yeah. a lot. You look like him too. Give it a I get that a lot. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. that's good. Okay, so now I'm gonna ask you since we're on the celebrities and you brought up Swifties out there. But mostly my question to you is if I were to be like, hey, Chris, listen, I just have a vendetta against Taylor Swift. So we decided that we need to break into her email so we can figure out where she is and see whatever, doing whatever, whatever, right? Famous person. Very different than if I were to call you and be like, hey, my company was hacked. Would you be able to say, that's for a PI. Why are you calling me? Well, look, I'm a keyboard for hire, so if the dollars match the target, then the answer is no problem. Like, for me, it's just another job. You heard it here. Anything you want done, Chris Rock can do it. This Chris Rock. It's just just a target, you know, whether it's a priest, whether it's a celebrity, whatever needs to be done, it gets done. Oh, this is good. We're going to have to test you out. Exactly. It's good to know. Of course. Uh, (laughs) I'm glad you said that. Uh, (laughs) Let's do a test run. This again. What's the weirdest random thing you've hacked? We had, uh, do you know Chris Roberts? We had him on once and he was oh, talking yeah, about Chris Roberts. Yeah, he's awesome. He was talking about the fact that he hacked the Mar- Mars rover and he got it to play God Save the Queen on, you know, on Mars. 
Look, I, I, you mentioned at the start, Kevin, you know, the work I'd done, I had overthrow government. So I actually got the chance to work with a mercenary, Simon Mann, uh, like a real mercenary, not a not cyber mercenary, uh, you know, bombs and guns mercenary. So we looked at an exercise in Middle East where you know, could overthrow a government. So we got a clean view of the world. We could do whatever the hell we wanted. So it didn't matter whether it was a government entity, a utility a telco, whatever, we had clean slather across the country. So that for me, that was the coolest. And we hacked there everything that we touched. But it was that was for me, that was my one of my favorites. Of course, there's individual stories where you know, uh, but that was for me, that was a uh, it was like it was heaven uh, to have a clean access to anything. That's awesome. That is good. Um, I would like to ask you if you would um scare our audience. So for everybody listening, that's like, well, it's not hacking me. I feel safe. Can you tell a story that is going to give people like, I want people to wake up from like a cold sort of sweat. I don't even know what, what do you call it? You know, when you have like a serious nightmare and you just, you, you freak out and it's because of this story that you've shared. Yeah, no, 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 no. So look, if you're a, if you're a user at home and you've got money, like you're fucked. Like it's as simple as that. You are a target waiting to happen. So look, if you've got some 200 bucks in your bank account and you've got no assets, like you're, you're pretty, you're pretty safe. But if you've got money, you're screwed. There'll be someone like me probing and you don't think, don't think yourself as, oh, why me? Why me? It's like asking a girl at a nightclub. You might have uh, ask out a hundred, but you only need, you know, one or tend to go home with you but in in the scenario there look we we don't care if we ask one person or try to hack one person we're, we're, we're after that you know the a million users who've got you know more than ten thousand dollars in their account so if you've got assets get them out of have have cash on hand have gold have anything out of the system because i'm talking simplistically about an individual hack but overnight, you could see a whole banking system go down, a SWIFT network, a ACH network, a whole stock market system go completely down because of hackers. You know, we talk about crypto exchanges go down because that, for, that's like a wet dream for hackers. You know what I mean? You get access to crypto and it's anonymous. Like, you know, I no, no going to the bank teller and getting money out. So I, I would make sure that you have assets in anything other than in bank accounts or stock. Carry shit stock. outside of the market. What Chris is telling all of our listeners now is that one person's nightmare is another person's wet dream. So mm. that's good. And the new American dream for safety is don't have any money. So I think that's actually yeah, a lot of people in San Francisco. I was just in Portland. A lot of people are following that. You know, I was saying well, it's a lot not of don't have any money. It's don't have any this. money in banks. It's, it's yeah, have money, that's... you know, have like little literal literal blocks of gold or what have you. So yeah, like, I mean, yeah. if if you two went you two went overseas, I don't know how you guys travel, but let's say you guys went overseas together, yeah, you know, on a on a on a podcast conference, like I don't know if they have those sort of things, but when I send my kids or I travel with my wife, I always split the credit cards between me and her. I'll always put money in the hotel safe and and take money outside, and I will always look at my risk. And so if I get mugged or the hotel safe gets robbed, I only lose half of what I've got, no matter what the scenario. And I do that with everything in life. And in this scenario where we talk about you know, money in banks, have both. Have money in the money in the bank, have crypto, have real estate, have whatever, but don't forget to have shit at home as well, whether it be, even if it's crypto on a bloody USB stick uh, or cash or gold or whatever, just have something else. Okay, so it's not don't have any money. It's have tons of money and spread it everywhere. I like yeah, this better. This but if you're not in that safer. position, and I don't want, I don't want for your, then have your, your listeners There's to There's no middle like ground. Yeah. None or all of it. I like this a lot. If, if you've got nothing and you go bankrupt, who cares? Like, yes. do, do you believe in crypto? And when I say do you believe it, not like in a religious sense, but are you a crypto man? 
Uh, so the answer is yes and yes. So, so I say yes because for me, if I want to, if I want you guys to pay me to do a job, I don't want bloody cash unless we actually meet up or I want gold. I want something that's not in my bank account. So crypto for me is gold. You know, Monero, Which, Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever. Monero is obviously the best, but it's just the trackability and stuff like just that. Obviously. But so hackers use that. We use that all the time because if we wanted to buy a tool, you know, you know, and you don't, you can't trust doing, you know, that money transfer. Like, so we would do, you know, uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum to, to protect our own uh, identity. So we would use that. And then all of a sudden, then the investors came on, you know, the whole, the, the, the stipulators and the investors would come. So, I mean, when we were dealing with Bitcoin, it was 30 bucks a pop because that was, and, and for us, it was a way to get, you know, assets back and forth. But then the investors came in and then it was, you know, what is it now? $36,000 a pop. But for us, it's a, it's a vehicle, but it's also a great investment vehicle uh, as well. Awesome. I mean, Chris. It, it beats beat swallowing diamonds and going overseas and then shitting them out at the other end or carrying $10,000. I mean, you don't have to worry it's about it. It's debatable. That we all have our strengths, <laughs> Chris. So. <laughs> it depends on your kinks. Yeah. Kevin's like, not for me. Well, Chris, thank you so much for, for being on the show. For everybody listening, don't forget to buy Chris's book because clearly you need to know how to protect yourself and how to be a better criminal. And I believe that his book is going to teach you all of these things. We will link it in the episode and you've probably already seen it in the mail out. So you're welcome already. But if not, go back to the mail out and check it and click the link and get his book. And again, Chris, thanks for being on. Been a blast. I love talking to you guys. So, Kevin, we just talked to Chris Rock, cybersecurity expert and scare tactic expert, in my opinion. What were your tech takeaways? I thought it was really good. I like the term cyber mercenary. I feel like we should use the word mercenary for a lot more things. I thought he was really good. I thought he was interesting. <laughs> Lots of good stories. Definitely scary. Definitely some good tips in there for diversifying your portfolio and, and definitely you know not trusting anybody. So I feel like that was really helpful. I liked him. I thought he was funny. <laughs> What about you? What are your thoughts? 10 out of 10. This was this was a good one. He's just fun. He was very direct. I like people that come on and are just themselves. I mean, uh, as everybody knows, because I, I say it at least every other pod, we're a non-biased podcast. But a lot of times our guests are still coming on and, and they care about what others are thinking of them and hearing of them, which respectable. There's nothing against it. But I appreciate when people come on and are just very direct, very themselves, and are, this is it. This is the situation. And he very much was that. I think he's an expert in what he does. So he has the ability to come on proudly and say, I know what I know. I'm good at what I'm good at. And this is the situation. And yeah, I did something illegal and deal with it. And in a normal situation, maybe that would be, you know, something you would come back and say, oh, no, that's bad. But in a situation like this, it's probably beneficial and and for the right reason. So Either you should learn from it or you should hire people like that. Uh, I like him. I think he's great. If you would like to know more about Chris Rock, whether it be the stand-up comedian or the cybersecurity specialist, we would love to inform you. So please reach out to us. Let us know. Contact us at contact at thattechpod.com. Head over to our website, www.thattechpod.com. 
Enter your email to subscribe so you don't miss any updates and so you can grab some merchandise. The holidays are right around the corner. Remember, it is always good to look good and feel good and you look good and you feel good when you wear things that say that tech pod. So make the right choices. If you have social media, head over to linkedin.com slash that tech pod or any other social media places that we may be at. And don't forget to go to wherever you get your pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever, and uh, leave us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. All that helps us with the algorithms and gets us out there. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone.